Well, I'm excited because today we are starting a new series. I'm really happy to have gotten to preach this three times. I, it's such a, it's, it's, it's a sermon I'm excited about. So not that I'm excited about all of them. I'm really excited about this one. And so I'm happy to get to preach it three times. I wouldn't mind preaching it three more times. But I do want to let you know, you guys are going to get the whole sermon. The whole thing. If I had hair, I'd let it down, but I don't, so I won't. But we can relax at the 11 o'clock service because, see, we don't have to worry about getting out in time to have the place cleaned and, and all that sort of thing. So, so you're going to get the whole sermon. You're welcome. We're going to talk today about God's provision. We need to see God's provision. In this year of 2020, we've been talking about 2020 vision, talking about coming to see what God can do. And here's what we know. God can transform lives by the power of His grace. The gospel has power, and that gospel changes our life when we believe. And when we believe, we have a responsibility to others. We are to impact our homes, our neighbors, and every generation with the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And that happens as we trust in the provision of God. That happens as He empowers us and as He leads us and guides us. You know, we are in a really weird, weird time. And, and I'm not just talking about the politics. I mean, I'm talking about the whole thing. This COVID-19 has just been crazy. And there's no end in sight. You know, in March, we stopped gathering for worship until May. And, and now we've had this summer of, of what was supposed to be something of a respite. wasn't much of one. And, and there's still been all these challenges. But everything is different. Everything feels different. And I, I've heard so many people say, well, I'm over it. Well, good for you, because it ain't over you. It's still here. It's still happening, and we, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what, what is in front of us, but here's what we can be confident of. God has a plan. God knows exactly what he's doing, and, and we who are his children, by grace through faith in Christ alone, filled with the Holy Spirit, we can be guided in his way to accomplish what he wants to do in our text shows us how. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, let's go together to now to Isaiah chapter 43. This text, verses 16 through 19, will be the, the scriptures that we will be looking at every week during this series. Today, uh, God willing, I'm going to focus just on verse 16, but I want to read the entirety of it so that you can get a sense uh, of what the, the, the message, the entirety of this series is all about. Let's all stand together in honor of God's Word. Again, we're in Isaiah chapter 43, and we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 19. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior, they lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you per not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Amen. Amen. If you would, go ahead and be seated and pray now for the preaching of God's word. You know, I don't care what other people say. Living through a pandemic is not easy. This has been hard. One thing to remember, you're going to remember this year. Your children are going to remember this year. Your grandchildren, your friends are going to remember this year. You're going to talk about it. And so make the most of it. 
you're not going to probably remember 2017. Who remembered what happened in 2017? I don't know, but we're going to remember 2020. We're going to remember this year, and it's so important that we be mindful that God is at work in this year. And be able to say when it's said and done, we followed the Lord. We are walking with Him. Understand, God uses difficult days for His purpose in us. We, we would love to think that God works best when we're happy and comfortable, but that's not true. God does His best work in His children's lives when we're under duress. And he prepares us for that. He speaks to us in his word over and over about trusting him, about knowing that there are going to be difficult days. And and we need to anticipate that. The prophet Isaiah was writing to people who had, at that time, had it going pretty good. And what he was saying to them sounded sort of strange because he was saying, guys, God's about to raise up Babylon, his servant Cyrus, and and he's going to do something. Uh, that's going to be a blessing. But before we get there, you're going into exile. But I'm going to bring you out. Before they were ever taken into the difficulty, God already knew about it. God already knew what he was going to do for them. And he knew that he was going to bring them out. We need to remember we're exiles. This world, thankfully, is not our home. We are passing through God is leading us home. He has a plan for our journey. He is going to provide for our journey. But along the way, we are going to face trials of various kinds. And that is so God can strengthen our faith. When you face trials of various kinds, don't be surprised. Remember what James said in James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. This is God's will, that we would be steadfast in faith. To do that, we're going to have to go through difficulties. One of the things, I, when I think about my own childhood, I think about going to school, I think about athletics and activities, and how those things taught me to serve and to sacrifice, and, and in some ways to suffer, and how they strengthened me. That's why I'm such an advocate for children going back to school. I realize not all can, and I'm so grateful that we have a school system where you have that option. But here's what I know. There are challenges that our children need to face in school with athletics, with activities, having to deal with difficult people, being difficult people who need to be challenged, and everything in between. And along the way, there are important lessons learned. This is how God looks at our life. We are his children, and he has for us desperate lessons that we need to learn. So those of us who are Christians, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the pandemic is an opportunity It's an opportunity to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, your trust in God's purpose, and to be a part of what God is doing in the world right now. It's an opportunity. But listen, opportunities don't come and grab you. You've got to grab them. Opportunities will slip by unless you take advantage of them and pursue them and hold on to them and and to bring everything you can out of that opportunity. Friends, are you sitting on your hands Are are, are you crossing your arms, feeling sorry for yourself? You got to stop. No one's comfortable. No one likes this. We all get it. But for those of us who trust Jesus Christ, we know he has a plan for us in this. And we need to take advantage of this opportunity. Now, to do that, we got to trust who God is. 
We got to trust his love for us. We got to trust his plan, and we got to trust that he has the power and the purpose to see us through. Friends, God is providing a way for us to go forward with him. He has the plan. We must engage, we must adapt, and we must go forward. Remember, God can't steer a person who's not moving. So again, if you're sitting around feeling sorry for yourself, there's no wonder that you don't sense God moving. There's no sense, it's no surprise that you don't feel that something significant is happening in your life. You have to be moving. On Thursday night, or uh, maybe it was one night this week, we were out with some friends. We were tubing. And uh, one of the young guys was, was steering the boat, and uh, his dad was saying, turn, son, turn, son, son, you need to turn. And he was turning the wheel, but we weren't turning. And then his dad said, you got to give it gas, buddy. We got to go forward. If we're not moving forward, we can't steer. And so he hit it. We all kind of jerked, and sure enough, we were able to turn and avoid sure death, which was great. No, it wasn't that dangerous, but it felt that way when dad started getting upset. <laughs> but what we need, we're like a boat. And some of you are, yeah, you're in faith, but you're floating in faith. You're not living by faith. There's a difference. Floating by faith says, oh, God's going to work it out. God's great. God's good. It's going to be fine. It's not God's will. God's will is that we live by faith that we be willing to go forward with him and know that he is going to guide us and help us to negotiate every challenge that we face so that we become more and more like Jesus. Our text today helps us understand how God is providing his way for us to go forward with him. And I want you to take note of these two things. The first one is this. God provides his way by clearly communicating. Clearly communicating. God is speaking. God has spoken. God is clearly communicating with his people. Look at the first four words of verse 16. Very important words. Thus says the Lord. The Lord is not silent. The Lord is speaking to his people. He does so through his word. Understand that the Bible the Bible is God's word to humanity. It is not humanity's word about God. This is not something human beings made up. This is something that God has given to people. What we believe as a family of faith, if you're wondering, what does Living Hope believe? What's your, what's your doctrinal stance? Understand, it begins and ends with Scripture. Scripture is our first and final authority. So the first article of our statement of faith is the Scripture. And here's what it says. We believe that the 66 books of the Bible were written by men inspired by God. That it is God's only written revelation of himself and his standards for mankind. That it is without error in the original manuscripts, worthy of our trust, sufficient for expand, explaining salvation, and authoritative for faith and life. Scripture is a testimony to Christ, who is the focus of divine revelation. Everything else we believe about God is built on the foundation of His Word. If we do not have the Word of God, we don't have anything stable to stand on. We don't have anything that is sufficient to give us co consistent truth. Everything else that you could depend on for information is going to be shifting. 
Feelings are shifting. Other people are shifting. Ideologies are shifting. You know what doesn't shift and doesn't change is the Word of God because God does not change. And His Word is firm. And when we stand on that Word, we can stand with confidence. It's important to understand what the Bible is. The Bible is a revelation of reality. The Bible explains what has, what is, and what is going to happen. Do you want to know what's true? Do you want to know what's going on? Well, you need to know the Bible. The Bible is divided up into four sections. It's not a collection of sayings. It's not a collection of of just independent stories. It's a single story in four parts. Creation is the first part. God made all things to be in harmony. Fall. We have all sinned and messed it up. Rescue. God did not abandon us in our sin, but instead he became one of us to rescue us from not only the punishment of sin, but the power of sin so that we could pursue and recover God's design and live our lives in light of the restoration, the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's reality. That's what's going on. God made a perfect world and we messed it up. We were responsible for it as a human race. And because of our sin, we now live in a fallen world. But God is good. He didn't leave us this way. He came to rescue us. And one day he's going to return. He's going to bring a new heaven and a new earth. We're exiles here. We're just passing through. But God is is guiding us according to his truth to where he wants us. One of the things I love about the Bible and those four parts in particular is that they they answer the four fundamental questions that every human being is constantly asking. These are four fundamental questions. No matter where you're from, no, no, no matter what, what you know, nation you're from, no, no matter what language you speak, all human beings are constantly asking four fundamental questions. Who am I? What went wrong? Who can fix it? Is there any reason to have hope? Those four questions are answered by the four sections of Scripture. The, the first question is, who am I? Well, understand... You are a human being made in the image of God. That's what creation teaches us. It tells us that we have dignity because we have been made in the image of divinity. It's not that we are gods. It's that we are made in the image of the God. And because of that, every human being of of every color, of every tribe, of of every language has value. Has value given to us as God's image bearers. Well, what went wrong? Well, you and all humanity sinned and ruined everything. We we blew it. We ruined this wonderful world that God created. And so now we're living in a fallen world. Now, who can fix it? This is a very important question. Who can fix me? Friends, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can forgive you and give you new life. That's what the rescue is. When you're rescued, it's because Jesus has freed you from the punishment and power of sin so that you can pursue and recover and live the life that God designed for you. Last question, is there any reason to hope? Yes. I've got good news for those of you who believe. This world is not our home, but Jesus is coming back. And he's going to restore all things. For those of you who do not believe in Jesus Christ, I've got bad news for you. This world is as good as it gets for you. This is as good as it gets. But for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, good news, this is as bad as it gets. 
because our home is heaven and that's where the Lord is leading, leading us. And friends, if we don't have the Bible, we don't know that. If you're not living on the authority of Scripture, then your answer to those four questions are not good. You don't really have, you don't really have a strong reason to value human life. You don't have a strong explanation for goodness and evil in the world. You don't have a strong method for human flourishing, and you don't have a strong hope for your eternal soul. Know this. God has spoken clearly through his creation and his divine revelation. Those who know God's word discover God's way in life, and it leads to his blessing. Psalm 1611 says this. You make known to me the path of life, In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There is a path. It's the path of life. And that path of life leads to human flourishing and eternal life in Christ Jesus. What does it look like? Psalm 1 tells us. Psalm 1, which again may be very well be an outline of the entirety of Scripture, certainly is an outline for the book of Psalms, but there are some who would say that Psalm 1 is actually an outline for all of Scripture. What does it say? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What's he like? Look at this. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its seasons and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind dries away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Why? The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Look at that verse six. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. He knows where he's taking us. He knows where he's guiding us. He knows our way. He is calling us to that way. It is in that way, according to his word, that we are able to flourish in any circumstances. And so when things are bad and things are not going well, we need to remember God has spoken. He has not abandoned us. Sure, we've blown it. Every one of us has. Yes, God's design was perfect, but because of our sin, we've created brokenness. But we can repent. We can turn away. We can believe in the gospel that God loves us, that he's forgiven us in Christ so that we can pursue and recover God's design. And it's in that pursuit that we discover God's will, God's way, God's work. Listen, we're all dealing with stuff. We're all having to deal with our decisions and the decisions of other people, and no, this isn't easy. Yes, this is hard. We don't know when this this thing's going to end. We don't know how bad it might get. Here's what we can be certain of. God has spoken. God knows what he's doing. God is ready to reveal to us how it is we are to go forward. And as we apply God's objective truth to our subjective experience, He will show us the way forward. Friends, if you're not reading your Bible, you have no sense of who God is. You have no sense of who you are, and you have no sense of what's going on in the world. If you're not praying Scripture, you have no way to know what God wants to do with you. You're just guessing. You're just floating. That is not God's will. It's certainly not His way. God's way is that we know His Word, that we pray specifically for what's in our path, 
And as God closes things off, he opens other things so that we know how we are to live and what it is we are to do. But without the word of God, you're in darkness. You have no light. Know that God has spoken, that God's way, he has graciously, clearly spoken to us. He's clearly communicated. The second thing to, to note is this. God provides his way by graciously intervening. God is intervening in world affairs. He's intervening in your life. Look what, look what the prophet said. This is look what God said. Thus says the Lord, who makes, look at this, a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. What's he talking about there? I'll tell you. He's, God is pointing back to the Exodus. He's saying to the people, hey, remember, remember the kind of God I am? I'm the kind of God who makes a way. I'm the kind of, kind of God who makes a way in the sea. I'm the kind of God who, who makes a path that, that, that you can go through the mighty waters. Let's not forget that God knew Israel was going to be enslaved in Egypt. He knew it. God knew that 2020 was coming. This was not a surprise to him. He knew all about COVID-19. He knew all about all the stuff that was going to come into this year. Didn't surprise him because God is sovereign and he knows all things. Do you know before Israel was a nation, God told Abram that Israel was going to be enslaved for 400 years. I want you to think about this for a moment. Before Israel was a nation, God said that they were going to be enslaved. Listen to this. This is Genesis chapter 15, verse 13. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. Anyone want to guess how long Israel was enslaved in Egypt? Anyone? Anyone's? Anyone say it out loud? 400 years. Our God is a sovereign Lord. Nothing surprises him. He called it. He knew. And so what did he do when they were enslaved, as they were facing their trials? He inspired them to pray. God's children began to pray. We read about this in Exodus 2, 23. During those many days, the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. God knows what we need. God knew. God knew what he was going to do. God knew how he was going to provide. Whatever you're going through, whatever we face as, as his people, God knows. He knows the way forward. He knows what we need. He wants to talk to us about it. He has spoken through his word. He wants us to speak to him. He wants us to talk with him about what's going on. He wants us to ask very specifically for his intervention, and he will provide it. They're crying out for a rescue. They're crying out for a savior. So what does God do? He raises up Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 10, God said to Moses, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Beyond Israel, for millennia, the human race has cried out, how long, O oh Lord, come, save, Hosanna, 
Hosanna, save us, God. And Jesus Christ came, just as God promised he would. Jesus Christ has come, and now we can have life in him. Just as God sent Moses, so he has sent Jesus to rescue us, and now God has provided a way. Is it always easy? Friends, no. Don't expect it to be easy to walk by faith. Expect it to be hard. Expect trials. Expect difficulties. Why? Because they grow our faith. They teach us who's in charge. They teach us what is true. Remember when Israel was leaving Egypt? Sure, they had a bunch of gold. Sure, they had all the things that God said that they would have. But then the Egyptian army began to chase them. Remember when they got stuck in between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea? Well, what did God do? Exactly what God was pointing the children of Israel back to. Exodus 14, 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. The waters uh, being a wall to them on their, look at this, on their right and onto their left. What was God doing? He was hemming them in in a way. He didn't want them wandering around in the sea. He wanted them to get through it. God had provided a path. God doesn't want us wandering around in COVID-19. God doesn't want us wandering around in the world. God has a path for us. God has a destiny for us. God has spoken through his word. And look what kind of God he is. Do not miss the tense of this very important word. Look at what it says here. The Lord has spoken who, look at the word makes. Notice the tense of that word, what kind of word it is. It's not a past tense word. It's an active tense word. Why would God use that tense? Here's why. Because he's explaining to all people for all time, this is the kind of God he is. He is the kind of God who makes a way in the sea. He is the kind of God who makes a way through these dangers, through all these complications, through all these trials, through the mighty waters. What God has done, he will do again. Friends, our world changes. God does not change. He's the same God who led the children of Israel out of Egypt. He's the same God who led the children of Israel out of Babylon. He's the same God who has saved for millennia. He's the same God who is seeking to change us. The world is changing. God does not change, but he is looking to change us. Now, everybody likes the idea of change until they have to change. Have you ever noticed that? Everyone likes the idea, let's change the world. All right, let's do it. Let's start with you. Ah, uh, no. Let's change all those people, right? That's the problem. It's them anyway, right? I don't, I don't want to change me. God calls us to transformation. What does it take to be changed? <laughs> Understand this. We have to let go of what was. And that's hard. I mean... There's a lot of people who won't come to church because they don't want to wear a mask. And here's what they keep saying. Well, let us know when everything's back to normal. We'll come back. Well, I'll see you in heaven, bro. Because I don't know that it's ever going to be back to normal, what it was. Listen, the world is changing rapidly. We, we're not going to be able to go back. Just, just remember when? There will be aspects, certainly. But 
you got to let go of what was. And you got you to gotta embrace what is. Where does God have you right now? What trials are you facing? What need do you have? Talk to him about it. Engage with what God has in front of you and trust that he is going to provide for your future, realizing that your faithfulness today will determine your strength for tomorrow. Let me say that one more time. Your faithfulness today will provide you strength for tomorrow. If you're not being faithful now, if you're not trusting God now, if you're not growing in Christ now, you're not, you're not going to be as strong as you need to be for what's next. We're, we're so excited, the Pettis family, we're so excited because our, our middle child, Jackson, is entering his senior year at the University of Alabama. Can I get an amen? I'm getting a raise next year one way or another. So excited. You know, as, as he's entering his senior year, he's got 10 classes, 10 in the fall, 10 in the spring. Almost every one of those classes have what are, are what require prerequisites. When he first went to the university, he couldn't take those classes that he's taking right now. To take these classes, he had to take other classes that prepared him for this, the classes that he's taking now. Here's what is happening to many Christians. They're overwhelmed because they didn't, they didn't walk with the Lord through the prerequisites. If your faith is faltering now, it's because you weren't investing in it in the past. If you want your faith to be strong tomorrow, you've got to invest in it today. If you want your relationships to be strong tomorrow, you've got to invest in them now. You've got to be willing to follow and obey God's will now so that he can provide for you what is ahead. Now, as a church family, we've been saying for several weeks now, you've got to engage. You've got to adapt so that we can advance together. This is what we must do every day. Engage God in his word. Engage God in prayer. Engage in the real world, not the pretend world we want to live in, the real world. Adapt to what's happening. Trust God's provision so that you can advance forward into his will, into his way that he's already got planned out for you. He's got it planned out. He knows. The Lord knows what is right for his children. He's gone ahead of us. He knows what we need to be doing. He's going to show us the way as we engage. You know, when we first started services here at Living Hope, as, as we began to really have to deal with this pandemic, you know, we didn't start with nine services in three rooms. You know this, right? Now, when we first started, we didn't know what we were doing. As a matter of fact, we were so nervous about it, we only let a handful of leaders because we thought, well, if we kill them, it'll be okay. They're our leaders, right? And so we had a handful of people who were like, all right, I know you guys don't know what you're doing, but here we go. We'll worship. Where's my mask, right? You know, and we, but you know what happened? As, the, as each week went by, as we engaged in worship, we adapted and we got better. We came to understand how to clean the room. We came to understand how to do the spacing, how to do the seating, how to, how, you know, when you had to have the mask. You know, the government said, as long as you're eating, you don't have to wear a mask. So I'm feeding you God's word. Masks are off, right? We learned this along the way. Now, if we would have just walked in here and said, hey, we're going to go back to, to multiple services, we wouldn't have been ready. We would have been overwhelmed. 
But instead, God took us step by step into this new reality. You know what God's going to do next week? He's going to walk us step by step into his will, into his way. Friends, if you're not walking with the Lord, you're missing him. And by missing him, you're missing your destiny. You're missing out on what God can do. Here's my challenge to you. Turn to Jesus. Trust in his grace. Obey his word so that you can be sure that you're on the path that he has for you. And walk by faith and not by sight. Things are not as they always and sometimes appear to be. There are many deceptions. The word of God will reveal what is true. And you've got to have faith. Now, some of you, you don't know Jesus. You know about him, but you don't know him. And friends, that puts you in a very dangerous place. You're on your own. You're in charge. You don't know what this afternoon holds. You sure don't know what tomorrow holds. And you got no clue about what's going to happen next week. And you're in charge. Jesus invites you to trust him. He will forgive you of your sin. He will love you and live in your life. And he will guide you all the way to heaven. But you got to receive him. You got to choose him. Now, some of you are Christians. You really are. But you're not being faithful. You're wandering around in the darkness when a path of light has been offered to you. You need to repent. You need to stop playing games with God. This is a very serious world. It's a very serious life. You need Christ. And you need his provision. So what do you need? What do you need in your life right now? What do you need in your marriage, in your family, in your work? What do you need for you to know that you are walking exactly where God wants you to go? You need to ask him to show you. You need to ask him to provide. Let's bow our heads together and let's do that now. Some of you right now, you need to ask Jesus to forgive you and you need to invite him to be the leader of your life forever. Do that right now. Some of you are Christians. You're not walking in the way of the Lord and you need to stop. You need to repent. You need to tell God right now that you're sorry, that you're wrong and renew your commitment to walk in the way of Christ. We all have needs. We have needs in our life. There are needs in people we love. There are needs in our world. Beirut needs our prayers. Lebanon needs our prayers. China needs our prayers. Iran needs our prayers. Africa needs our prayers. God is at work in the world. Our missionaries were on a retreat this weekend praying for how God is at work in the world. Pray for the nations. Let's pray. Friends, pray. Lord God, I pray right now that many are receiving salvation. And I pray that many are renewing their faith commitment to you. And Lord, as we look at our lives and we, and we see the need, God, we come to you humbly and we ask for your provision. We are so grateful that you are the God who provides.
You are providing your way for us to go forward. Enable us now to live by faith and go forward in what you have for us. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.